You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. You've heard me say it before, so I'll keep it quick. Everyone out there, get yourself, get your ass over to VEASAN, VEASAN VEASAN.com. That's V-S-I-N. They are the sports betting network, the first 24-7 broadcast network dedicated exclusively to sports betting. My next guest, Tim Murray, and his team of betting experts deliver all the news analysis sports fans need to inform them for all their wagering decisions. And for a limited time, you can get a one-month VEASAN Pro subscription for just $9.99. You get access to their 24-7 channel, all the big game betting guides, pro betting tips, and more, all for the all for less than ten bucks. Visit vison.com slash subscribe and maybe they will give you better advice than me that said, you know what? Take the under with LeBron James. I don't think he's going to set the record. Guess what? I was wrong about that. But the man only scored two points in the fourth quarter. He was a slacker. Maybe I'm just bitter. Join me though it is Tim Murray, co-host of Vison Primetime. Tim, thanks so much for joining the show today. Appreciate it as always, you know, just breaking down the third line for the wild tonight as mm. they get the stars late night, you know, so, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, doing my, my normal breakdown for you guys. No, it's, it's good there. It, the wild at Dallas. This is a classic, classic matchup and it's going to be on <laughs> TNT. By the way, as you're saying, I'm actually almost trying to stall. I don't think I could name more than three members of the Minnesota Wild. Like you really went out there and picked a team that I know. Well, there's, vi- only, there's only two games tonight, so I, yeah. I figured I'd be giving you a softball by talking Vancouver and uh, and. Uh, I'll say this: I will uh, either. I, will, I guess I'm not letting you off the hook, but uh, I, I agree with you. Last night we talked about it on my show, myself and Sean King. Uh, we both were of the mindset, he's not going to get it done tonight. You know, if this is David Stern's NBA, Milwaukee's coming to town. Kareem played for Milwaukee. There's a superstar on the other roster. The game, he'll break the record in the first quarter. So more eyeballs back east will get to see it. But uh, we did have a, a, a Lakers reporter on the show last night, and uh, he was confident it was getting done. Uh, that night, he said they're ready for it. You know, it, it's it's all set up. They just want this thing to be done. So uh, I guess I should have listened to the guy covering the team. Yeah, no, I I probably should have done the same thing. Also, keep an eye on Sam Steele, uh, former first round pick of Anaheim back in 2016. This is his first year with the Minnesota Wild. Career high has already tied his career high in points with 22 for Sam Steele. This is his last chance. Edmonton's own Sam Steele to get it done uh, in Love the Steely. NHL. Yeah, yeah, Steely. That's all. Oh. Yeah. Now, is it Steely or Steeler? What do you, What do you think his teammates call him? Well, I, I always, you know, in my one year of doing uh, of hockey producing back in uh, the 11-12 season for the Capitals, uh, I just, every time a player got interviewed, they just add a Y to the end of everyone's name. So yeah. I just assumed it would be Steely. I've been informed by my producer, Nick, it is, in fact, Steely. All right. Yeah. Who, who, who knew we were going to be talking about depth, depth centers for the Minnesota Wild? Um, Tim, what is Vegas like this week? I mean, it must feel and look so different Super Bowl week versus uh, versus most of the rest of the year. Well, I'll tell you this. Next year, it's going to be a lot different because the Super Bowl will be here. Um, but I'll tell you this right now. As the old cliche goes, it's the calm before the storm. 
uh, it is going to be wild. And I, I do think a lot of folks, um, you know, whether it's, you know, people down in Arizona just enjoying themselves and they're going to come up to Vegas. Remember, you know, Vegas is only about a, you know, five hour drive from the, from the Super Bowl this year and a very easy flight from Phoenix to Vegas. But yeah, it is going to be, uh, crazy. Once Friday night comes and everyone starts to ascend upon town, it's, it's a wild time. It's not as crazy as I would say, uh, the first weekend of March Madness. Uh, mm. That has become the weekend here in Las Vegas just because of the amount of games that you can watch at once. Uh, here in, in town and obviously bet on all of them. This is just technically, or, or I guess not technically, it is. It's just one game. But, no, it is, uh, it's it's wild. And, you know, the weather's starting to turn in a positive here, you know. So I, right now it's pretty calm as I drive into work, you know, uh, later on today. But it'll be, uh, it'll be crazy. And, you know, without fail, obviously, with all the prop bets and, and just the game being as, as big as it is, it is the most bet on singular events each and every year. I'll, uh, I'll go over a couple of prop bets that I really like, just to either get yay or nay from you. Again, joined by Tim Murray. Yep. You can catch him VEASAN live primetime, 6 to 9 p.m. Follow him on Twitter, at 1TimMurray. By the way, who's the original Tim Murray? Do you, do you got beef with this fella? Uh, so I, uh, you know, I guess I was late to the Twitter game, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, you know, looked up Tim Murray, and apparently, I think to this day, it's an egg avatar with about one follower. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little frustrated. I, I've, I have actually thought about reaching out to, I guess, the pre-Musk days to Twitter mm. and saying, "Hey, can I, uh, can I get that handle?" Uh, but you know, we, we've tried to, uh, we've tried to build it as, uh, you know. Hey, number one, we're the best. I like so, it. Uh, that. I guess that's the way we're going to roll. You know what? It's uh, no, that's uh, it's a good PR way of spinning it. <laughs> I, I think. Have you made up your mind on the game? Because I still haven't. Like the Eagles have the most talent in the NFL, but a suspect strength of schedule. KC, there's not much beyond Kelsey in terms of receivers. Their defense is good. It's not great. Mahomes is not a hundred percent yet. Patrick Mahomes is having his greatest season ever, and the Eagles haven't really faced many good quarterbacks this year like i'm going down to the wire before i have to declare who i like yeah um i'm, I'm kind of with you but there's a, a strength stronger lean towards the chiefs uh i have not personally bet this game yet uh i probably i'll be honest i'm just waiting for for maybe i can get a better number on the chiefs look it's never going to get the three uh it, it you know at one point in time touched three uh, at, I don't think it ever hit three in Vegas, but I think some spots in my like Colorado hit three uh, in, in favor of the Eagles. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the sample size is small, but he has really thrived in the role as an underdog. He's 7-1-1 one, one against the spread as an underdog uh, all time. And then if you incorporate, you know, being a favorite of less than three and an underdog, I believe it's around 16-3-1. I mean, he is really stepped up in these, you know, so-called coin toss types of games. Now, you know, to play devil's advocate earlier this year as an underdog, he did lose the chiefs lost to the Buffalo bills when they were underdogs uh, earlier this season. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because I I was very high on the Eagles preseason, uh, was able to grab them uh, at a price to, to win the division, but, you know, never in my wildest dreams did I think they would be in the Super Bowl. But as the year went on, you started to see all this, talent that was stockpiled and i don't disagree with uh, your notion that they are 
from one to 53, the best, uh, best roster in all of football. But, you know, I think it's fair to question the path that they've gotten here. Uh, I think their strength of schedule is 31st in the league. Um, you know, you look at their route in the playoffs, whether it was, you know, Daniel Jones led Giants team that they obliterated or uh, a 49ers team that didn't have a quarterback, uh, you know, at basically what, five minutes into the game. So, uh, at the end of the day, if I go down with the MVP of the league and an all-time great head coach and quarterback, you know, that's a risk I'm willing to take. So uh, I'm going to get to the window at some point here on the Chiefs. Uh, I'm just going to see him wait because everywhere you look, you know, the splits early are on the Philadelphia Eagles. And by splits, I mean, you know, betting splits, different states. You know, we have it uh, incorporated with DraftKings on our website at vcin.com, but you can look at uh, all these other, you know, entities here in the states and outside of, you know, Missouri and Kansas, <laughs> all these states are 70% on the Eagles, 65% on the Eagles. So, you know, it's interesting to see that the public is is loading up against uh the MVP. I- ironically, you know, a couple of years ago the COVID season when the Chiefs lost uh in the Super Bowl to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the Chiefs were a very public side, and they did not come through. So, look, it's not a slam dunk. It's the tightest market uh, in the world when it comes to the NFL, uh, the tightest game of the year. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I, I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. I think you're getting a little bit of uh, of discount on you know what is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Kansas City, but you know, ask me in an hour. Also, as a Giants fan, as a Giants fan, shame on you on saying they got obliterated. They only lost the Eagles by 31. They were 32, po- 32 points away from uh, TCU. Would have TCU <laughs> would have begged for a 31 point loss. Oh so, my god! Know. Oh, that was just gross. Just so <laughs> gross. All right. Unless you had Georgia. Yeah, well, I did. Again, I think we talked about it. I'm like, I'm a dummy. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, when in yeah. doubt, just take the SEC team. It worked out for me on that one. All right, I got a couple um, I got a couple prop bets I want to throw at you. You can either say I like it or you don't like it, or I haven't even thought about it. Why are you asking me this, Matt? And then we'll move on. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, both teams to score 20 points or more at minus 138. Kansas City only once was held under 20. That was that weird week three loss to the Colts. The Eagles only twice have been under 20 points. One was also against the Colts for some, some strange reason. And the other was Gardner Minshew at quarterback against the Saints in week 17. I love both these teams to score 20 points or more. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I, I always get worried about playing, you know, things like that because, you know, remember the, the Broncos when they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, the the time that Peyton you know could actually throw the football, yeah, and they lost forty three to eight to the Seahawks. Now I don't think the Eagles or the Chiefs are of the level of either one of uh, of that uh, Seahawks defense, the Legion of Boom that year that was just nasty. Uh, but that always worries me. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to stump here and say no. Absolutely, the Chiefs will be held to seventeen points, or the Eagles will be held to sixteen points. You know, I think I put my prediction up on our website. I want to say I said it was 26-23, just to, to lean just a hair under the under. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with uh, with that. And I think uh, I think majority of folks listening are, are hoping that both yeah. teams find finish in the 20s. Patrick Mahomes' alternate passing line of over 300 yards or more 
at plus 108. So you are getting some money there. And what I found most interesting, when you dig into the numbers, he is um, basically throwing the ball less in terms of yards past the line of scrimmage. His average yards per pass, it's at the smallest of his career. However, he's also completing, he's having more 20-plus yard completions. And KC was a monster in yards after the catch, the best we've seen in 15 years. Mahomes might not be throwing it deep, but he's getting more yards out of it. So I'm betting on Mahomes to get over 300. Yeah, and I think what's helpful, too, is the fact that uh, you've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming out of the backfield now, uh, just activated this week, a big-time pass catcher. So they're going to have a multitude of options now coming out of the backfield. I do know that, you know, obviously Miko Hardman placed on IR, but I think the benefit, uh, the positives outweigh the negatives, I guess I should say. You know, see and, and if we can get uh, a more of an update on uh, on Marquez Valdez Scantling and, and Juju Smith Schuster. I, I certainly assume both of them will be playing. Uh, Kadarius Tony got banged up in the AFC Championship game, but yeah, uh, you know, you look at the way he's been throwing it, uh, Patrick Mahomes so far. You know, one prop that I do like is uh, Mahomes' rushing yards. I got it at seventeen and a half. I think it's you know anywhere under twenty. Uh, you look at Matt, the games that have been close this year for the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes, outside of the Bengals game, more often than not, utilizes his legs. And you even saw in that final play, right, with with one leg, he still scooted there for eight yards. So some of the closer games this year, overtime win against Houston had 33 yards rushing. Uh, you know, Jacksonville in middle of November, 39. Overtime win against Tennessee, 63. That loss I mentioned to Buffalo uh, where they were an underdog, 21. Uh, one point win over the Raiders on Monday night, 28. So he utilizes his legs when he needs to. And if we are under the assumption that the point spread is going to be indicative of how this game plays out, which is closely contested, I think you're going to see Patrick Mahomes utilize his legs to extend some plays. So uh, that, that's one bet that I have thrown in there is uh, his over-rushing yards. No, that is that is a good one. The only concern may be if they are winning the kneel downs, which is just sure. is just death for rushing totals. My final one, again, joined by Tim Murray from Veasan Live. Uh, my obscure bet for the Super Bowl: Kenneth Gainwell over mm. over four and a half rush attempts. The man had over a hundred yards versus the Giants, and somehow the Giants found a way to barely lose. And he had sixteen touches in the NFC Championship game. He's used more on third down than Miles Sanders. So Kenneth Gainwell over four and a half rush attempts. Not going to hear a pushback from me on that one. Fourteen carries against the Niners, twelve against the Giants. I've seen a lot of people that I respect uh, on Gainwell rushing yards. So uh, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good one. So uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, and roll with that. So hopefully. Uh, yeah, he gets five carries or more for for you to cash that bet. Tim, always appreciate. Follow the man on Twitter, at one Tim Murray. If you see the real Tim Murray, tell him we'd like to have some words with him. And also, I love the fact that you picked the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. I checked on FanDuel. <laughs> that game is the lowest over-under of any of the slated games, not only tonight, but tomorrow as well. Clearly, you like a good defensive slugfest. Of course, you know, uh, you know, drop the gloves, baby. That's just the way we like the rock and roll. A little PSA, real quickly. Yeah. Uh, if if you want to bet on the coin toss, I, I get it. Everyone wants that instant gratification. Please don't bet it at a book if there's juice. Do not pay anything over mine, uh, plus one hundred because you know what you can do for the coin toss. 
Matt, let's say you're a tails guy. I'm a heads guy. We can bet each other. Don't bet the book on the coin toss. It is truly, as we all know, a 50-50 proposition. So if you're going to bet it, don't lay any juice. Always my weekly, my yearly reminder to folks out there uh, about the coin toss. I love it. Yep, you are 100% right. And uh, I got, uh, you know, 20 bucks. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to make a joke. I got uh, tails plus purple with the Gatorade. But, yeah, avoid, <laughs> avoid the coin toss. Thanks so much, Tim. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Appreciate it. Take care. That is Tim Murray all from VEASAN. Always love having Tim Murray on the show. All right. On the other side, we are going to spin the wheel of sound, including Bubba Watson is confusing me and is kind of scary. I'll explain in a moment right here on Gameplay. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. Double or nothing. Done. Witness. Embrace the odds. I want winners. You know where we are right now, don't you? We're in Tatooine. Right now, it's Luke Skywalker, Tan Solo, it's Princess Leia. They're on one of those sand ships. There's, uh, over there, it's the big chubby fella, Jabba the Hutt. And they're about to break free. And the only problem with this scene is the death of Boba Fett. And yes, I know Boba Fett comes back to life in, in, in the Boba Fett TV show. Do not lose this music. This is gameplay. I'm Matthew Cos. We are celebrating John Williams. It's his birthday today. But the fact that Boba Fett dies in the Sarlat pit and the pit burps, they gave Boba Fett a, a comedic relief death. How could you do that to one of the coolest characters in the Empire? And he gets a burp death. The only moment of Return of the Jedi I don't like. I'm fine with the Ewoks. I'm just not fine with that. Matt, I, I don't know if I've ever Ugh. seen you that animated about Ugh. anything. And you're you're an animated individual. <laughs> Why they kill him like that? I mean, can't, can't they give Boba the Fett? Could they give him a cool like shootout with with Han Solo? Give us something like that. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's not really a fair. Oh. No, that would be fine. That would. What do you mean? That'd be fine. That'd be great. Yeah. You know, scoundrel know. versus scoundrel, battle know. to the death. You froze me and you sent me to Jabba the Hutt. Now take a take take my blaster. Feel my blaster. That sounds weird. That could like be that. taken so many different ways, there, Matt. Anyway, by the way, in the last promo that you heard there, yes, Raptors uh, taking on the San Antonio Spurs tonight. And if you are looking at the over-unders, just remember, kids, the San Antonio Spurs have the worst defense in the league in terms of points per game. They're also last in field goal percentage. They're the only team in the NBA allowing opponents to shoot over 50%. Opponents are shooting 51%. That's an average night for the Spurs defense. The, the Raptors can only dream of hitting 50%. So um, I do like Fred Van Vliet. It's a high total of 23 and a half. But there's something here. Does Fred know this is his last game? Does he know that maybe it's his last game? So I am taking Fred to get over 23.5 points. He is averaging that in his last 10 games at minus 102. Also, Pascal Siakam, in under 30 minutes, the last time the Raptors faced the Spurs, got a triple-double at 22, 11, and 10. I say 37.5 combined points, rebounds, and assists for Siakam. I will take that. Nice. And you know what? The Raptors have hit the over in uh, six of their last ten games. 
uh, three of their last four, too. So this is a team that is bound to go over just because they're playing a team that is also bound to go over. Let's hear from Pascal Siakam on if he pays attention, because the trade deadline is tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Does Pascal Siakam pay attention to trade rumors? I never know. Yeah, I never know what's happening. Like, even when you ask me all these questions, like, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, I'm focused on playing the game, um, and and that's that's pretty much it. Like, at the end of the day, we know what it is. Like, what's the point of, of us coming here talking every... Uh, well, sorry. Every every deadline, like, oh, it's like, I mean, we know that's going to happen. Like, it is what it is. Like, and whatever happens, happens. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm going to put in my career where, like, it really don't matter. If you go to FanDuel, Pascal Siakam, if you think he's going to be a member of the Raptors, that's minus 500. Warriors 8 to 1, Heat 12 to 1, Lakers 12 to 1, Thunder, Thunder 12 to 1. That's an odd. Suns 12 to 1, and onwards and onwards. You go to FanDuel, there's actually bets out there you can make on where you think Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr. are going to be. Um, flip it over quickly because I know we don't have a lot of time. We're going to continue back into basketball in the next segment. But give me Bubba Watson now with the Live Tour, and and he's he's promoting his. Is this his team name? Yes, that's his. This team is name. the stupid Live Golf. We, we have team names. Let's let's. Okay, what the hell is this? Have a listen. Hey guys, Bubba Watson here. Why range goats? Easy. I got to go to the range and practice for my team. Goat golfers on a team. You're welcome. What the sweet Jesus was that? Uh, terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's a terrifying premise to have him speaking like that. Let, but... me, let, let, let me hear that again. I really, I really want to focus on the, uh, the goat impersonation that he does. Hey, guys. Bubba Watson here. Why range goats? Easy. I got to go to the range and practice for my team. Goat. Golfers on a team. Okay, the second time, I kind of like it now. He's fully leaning into this. You weirdos. He's fully, like, no, but he's like, I'm going to go full weirdo. I'm not going to go half weirdo. He's always been that way. He's like, listen, he's the guy who rocked the pink driver for years because he needed to rock it once for a tournament for breast cancer, which, by the way, of course, great, great reason. Yes. But then he rocked it for years because people were like, why would you do that? It's like, well, why not? I'm just me. Yeah, listen, I'm not rooting for him. I don't root for Liv. I'm on Team Mark Sacchino on this one, but uh, I kind of like that he fully, <laughs> fully leaned into the goat noise. All right, on the other side, speaking of goats, we get back to the LeBron James com- uh, conversation with Amit Mann from Yahoo Sports. He is going to be joining us. We'll get back into all things LeBron. We will also chat about what... What are the proper expectations if you are a Raptors fan with the trade deadline tomorrow? We'll do that after traffic, which is brought to you by Jan Pro, proudly serving Canadian businesses for over 25 years. Put your trust in Jan Pro, the leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. Visit janpro.ca today. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners. History was made last night in the NBA. LeBron James, 10.9 seconds left in the third quarter. Step back jumper and passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time scoring list in the NBA. It was a great moment 
and I'm glad I stayed awake from it. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. You are listening to TSN 1050. The show is always brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Joining us to talk all things LeBron and NBA, NBA trade deadline, and the Raptors. It is Amit Mann from Yahoo Sports, hosts the rap, does all these podcasts and editing social, all for Yahoo, all covering the Toronto Raptors. Amit, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed uh, your interview, by the way, and we might uh, chat about it uh, with uh, C.J. Miles. I was, uh, I was catching that uh, uh, earlier this morning. But let's, uh, let's start first with uh, LeBron James. What, what went through your mind? Uh, he hits that jumper, game is stopped, family's on the court, all of it. Uh, just what was going through your head? Poetry, art, beautiful. It was all those things all at once. I mean, you could, you could tell. I was watching the game last night, and it was pretty obvious that they were force-feeding LeBron the ball. Like, let's not let's call it like it is. Yeah. They wanted him to get that. And, but also, I mean, at the same time, like, he was making all the shots. And I saw Darvin Ham after the game had said that, you know, it seems like we were feeding him the ball and trying to get him the record. I'm like, yeah, true, but you also gave up 130 points. All that aside, though, um, LeBron James, that moment, the, the shot that he hit, all the stars uh, being in the building, um, all the eyes being on him and him delivering that capacity at 38 years old is incredible. Um, his longevity, his professionalism, his ability to do it day in, day out, um, it's, it's something that I don't think we're going to see too many times in our lifetimes. Like people probably before my age were able to watch Michael Jordan do this day in, day out and just be like the spectacle every single night he was on the court. And LeBron is exactly like that, except he is still doing it at age 38 and there's no indication that he's going to be slowing down 30 points eight rebounds and seven assists at this age incredible it, it really is and the funny thing is he's averaging more points rebounds and assists than when he was 17 in high school and he's still getting <laughs> it done and you mentioned the professionalism like there's so many different ways we can you can go and discuss about LeBron, but I think it is about the longevity and the fact he looks as good now. I mean, there is a bit of a drop-off, but he's still pretty much the same player he was a decade ago, and that speaks to what he does in the offseason, uh, the discipline, kind of you know similar to like Tom Brady, the amount of money, his own money, that he spends you know, to uh, to keep his body in tip-top shape. Like it, What he did last night is a monument to what he does in the offseason. 100%. And I'm sure there's going to be many athletes after him that are going to be hoping, hey, like, LeBron, what's your secret? What's your secret sauce? No different than Tom Brady. Like, how has Tom Brady done it for so long? He just retired, we think, um, that he's going to be uh, uh, hanging him up. Um, but with LeBron, it's going to be the same conversation, except with, with him, it's a little bit different from Tom because you think that he was supernatural for so long, and now he's maybe just, like, natural. Maybe he's just, like, normal. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. He could be playing for another you know, three, four years, the rumor is actually he said that he wants to play with his son, Bronny, who's going to be um, projected to be a late first round pick or early second round pick at this moment in the 2024 NBA draft. That's not that far away. That's a few seasons. And I mean, who's to say that he can't do it? And who's to say that he's not going to be still playing at this level, um, you know, come then time, like, you know, father time has never lost, but LeBron's giving him a run for his money, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, at the very least, uh, Father Time got a standing eight count against Tom Brady before finally winning. <laughs> that's true. You know, the funny thing is, I, I feel bad for like the, the Kevin Durant or the Chris Pauls of the world, where like, let, let's go like with Chris Paul. We're like, huh, why is that guy not good anymore? It's like, well, because he's like in his late 30s and he's a human being. 
You know, much like what Tom Brady did for other quarterbacks in the late 30s, Brady's uh, uh, LeBron's doing the same thing. Exactly. And he, his role, which is in, even more interesting, is that his role hasn't really changed too much. Like we're seeing Chris Paul right now, and he doesn't have the same on-ball isolation magic he once had. But he's using his mind to outdo his opponent. Meanwhile, LeBron James is doing a little bit of that, but he's also doing the same things that he did back in the day that wowed us. Um, he's just not jumping as high. And it's like his three-point shot has been a little bit disappointing from his standards uh, this season, but his free throw percentage is up. He's still getting to the paint, and he's just living in there, yet while still making his shots on the outside, which is, funny enough, the one thing that he's been critiqued about for so long in his career is not being able to hit the three ball. Um, he's still doing that. He's still hitting his pull-up shots. He's continuing to evolve into his own body and continuing to find ways to be effective on the court. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it is. It is. The other takeaways I took from last night, you can comment on any of them or add uh, something that I'm missing here. The Lakers' defense is horrible. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is incredibly efficient on offense, and I miss seeing Jack Nicholson in the front row. Oh, 100%. I mean, it was nice seeing the other stars there, and there were many of them. D. Wade was really excited. I saw Jeannie Buss was in the second round, I believe. Uh, yeah, Jay-Z, there was many more. Um, but Jack Nicholson, sure. Um, a legend in his own right in the acting world, and also just seeing him on the sideline. You know, we have Nav Badia right in Toronto, and when a person like that who has so much history with the franchise yeah. uh, in terms of being a, a, uh, a uh, person on the, the sideline there, it's, it's weird not seeing a person like that there, 100%. Moving over from, uh, from LeBron James to the Toronto Raptors, it, it, it's funny, Ahmed, I don't know how long you've been covering the Raptors, but... I've never seen so much American coverage of this team except for when Kawhi Leonard was on the team. Every day, yeah. there's like, I'm not used to this where every gas bag, talking head, analyst, insider, <laughs> outsider is talking about the Raptors and all their pieces and that they are all linked to about 75 other teams. Yeah, it's a strange time. I mean, maybe Vince Carter times when um, he was at his peak mm. or putting him on uh, national TV because he was, uh, you know, half man, half amazing was, that was legit. Like that was a real thing that happened. And he's benefited the Raptors franchise and Canada as a whole um, tremendously. But outside of that, yeah, this is definitely up there. And the Raptors are winning their championship, the run that they had. But even then, it's like they were finding ways to ensure the Raptors didn't win. Like, oh, they have this flaw. They have that flaw. Kawhi is, you know, without Kawhi, they have nobody. Yet they still won the championship. This is a weird time. Um, I think for the players, for the front office, they're, they're you know, very carefully going about these next steps. Um, they kept on saying that, you know, we're going to assess this team after the road trip because I think they were just hoping that they would find a way to, you know, put some wins on the board. And they did. I mean, four and three isn't a bad record on a road trip. And I think, you know, some people would point out that a lot of those teams were injured. But, I mean, seven games in 12 days is pretty pretty hectic yeah. for for for. Uh, for for players and for front office and for coaches and so forth. So now they return home and they got a lot of games at home at this point. Um, but it just depends on if they really want to win them, you know, rebuild or retool. That's the question. What for you, what is the best case? And I always like to couch it like this, the best case realistic scenario for the Raptors at 3.01 PM tomorrow. What in your mind? And again, joined by Amit Man, who covers the Raptors for Yahoo Sports. What is the best case, but also realistic scenario for this team? I don't think we're going to be seeing uh, three trades. I don't think we're going to see, you know, two to three of the starters be traded. 
Um, but I do think that probably some kind of role definition has to happen in the starting lineup. The rumors have been there all season. And um, when some players like team executives, I believe Josh Bloomberg is one who said that another player had said that something just doesn't seem right. And there've been executives who said it like clearly, I mean, it's just me saying this, but I feel like after everything we've seen that there might just be something a little bit off with the team. And maybe one day we find out, but in the interim role definition seems like something that the Raptors need. You've got a lot of starters in that lineup that are just looking for a little bit more clarity on how many shots they're going to get. What is their role in terms of the offense? Who's number one? Who's number two? Scotty Barnes, is he a point guard? Is he um, a rolling big? Is Fred Van Vliet? Like he's been terrific over the past 11 games, but now obviously he's like one of the people that could be traded um, at this point, uh, at this point tomorrow. So I would say that if you're able to shore up a few things, like, okay, this is number one, this is number two, um, you address some of your needs, which have been, you know, guard depth and also rim protection. There have been a few names that the Raptors have been linked to. It's Jakob Pertl, it's Nick Claxton uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. If you shore up some of these things and you just go forward, I don't think a rebuild is what's necessary. I think you have something here um, between the pieces already in-house and just some of the things that um, you could probably require via trade. I think you have a pretty good team there, maybe not championship caliber, but I would like to see them do something like that instead of a seismic change where they're trading OG and Fred and Gary. I don't think a rebuild is necessary. No, I don't think so either. Um, Mine was OG and it was Gary Trent and it was Ananobi, kind of what uh, Ahmed, you were talking about, about role definition. And when you have all these, like we love the idea of we're out, we're, we're not going traditional. We're not conservative. We're outside the box. Everyone is going to look the same and, and everyone except for Fred Van Vliet. And maybe it just hasn't worked as well as Messiah Nick Nurse has wanted. So for me, I'd be, I love OG Ananobi. I, I've loved him since yeah, his first day. I, I've loved his first day here. But if you've got Siakam and you've got Scotty Barnes, and if OG Ananobi represents a lot of first round picks and young players that can help the bench, that kind of, to me, seems like the deal that they should be doing. Sure. And uh, what's interesting is that there have been a few uh, insiders who have indicated that the Raptors are asking for a pretty steep price. And Pascal Siakam is in these talks, too. Um, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are in the waters looking for a star to pair with Kevin Durant now that Kyrie Irving is gone. And Pascal has been one of the names that have been linked to them. But in OG's case and also Pascal's, the price is very, very steep. They are both under contract until the end of next season. I think Pascal might be actually another season after that. But in the end, you have them for another season. And so if one of them is unhappy, if either of them are unhappy or whatever, if you really value what they bring to your your team, which I think they do, then maybe you make some trades in other places on your team instead of those two guys or OG and Anobi specifically. I don't think we've seen his ceiling as a, as an offensive player. We know he's three and D, but clearly he wants more than that. And he has every right to be, I mean, like next season when he has a player option, he's going to opt out and he wants to make as much money as possible. $18 million. He is extremely underpaid right now for someone who is a defensive player of the year candidate. If the Raptors are, you know, in a, in a contention for a playoff spot or more so. So, I think that's what has to probably happen is that, you know, they have to help out uh, and find ways just to, I don't know, maybe this trading OG, like you just have to find ways to make your team as good as possible. Versus the two has been very good for the Raptors since um, OG has went down. Uh, He's kind of shown what he, what he offered last season and in a more substantial role, which has been good, but it's hard, man. Like there's a lot of different ways. Like I think you are essentially deciding like, what you want your next three years of your franchise to be. And you could say there's some redundancy between Pascal and Scotty and OG, 
but that's also kind of where the NBA is going. Like having size at all positions is very good. You just need some like complementary pieces around those three to make it work a little bit better. And that's probably guards and rim protection and stuff like that. But yeah, like it's, this is a, this decision has happened a little bit sooner than the Raptors. I think anticipated, they were hoping that to make this uh, probably in the off season when, you know, Gary and Fred, were going to have opt-outs, but now it's presented to them right now. Um, and I'm curious as anyone to see what they're going to do. It's they got a lot of decisions to make and a lot of options, but no clear cut answers. It's going to be up to the front office to decide how this is going to shake out. The next 23 hours and 15 minutes are going to be fascinating. Amit, really appreciate. Check out the man's work at Yahoo Sports. Thanks for joining the show today. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Absolutely. That is Amit Man. You can follow him on Twitter at Amit underscore man. And man is with two ends. We got to take a break. We are going to be getting to sound of the day in just a moment. But before, before we go, just want to remind everyone, the Canadian International Auto Show is returning to the Metro Toronto Convention Center February 17th to the 26th. Now, here is your chance right now. Right now as you're listening, your chance to win four passes to the show. Text the show at 10 50 50 and just text your name and the keyword DRIVE to enter. So just enter your name and drive. That's the keyword drive in your name to 105050 for your chance to win. Canada's largest auto show is ready to celebrate 50 years with the return of a full range of new cars and trucks, a new layout that shows off some new players in the auto market, a new display from Lego, and more. Get all the details at autoshow.ca. Time now for traffic. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. And we're now at that time of day where the deadline is less than 24 hours away in the NBA. And we're, all we're doing is checking Twitter. I mean, basically, like last night was a celebration of history, a celebration of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a celebration of LeBron James and all of his accomplishments. And then OKC wins, and we wake up this morning, and now all we're doing is looking at... Uh, the trade deadline, what's going to happen. Uh, Sham Sharnia from The Athletic says the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves are in discussion on a three-team deal that would send D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers. Back to L.A. Back to L.A. for D'Angelo Russell. Russell Westbrook and draft compensation, such as a first-round pick to Utah, and Mike Conley to Minnesota. So, yeah, Utah is doing what they're supposed to be doing, which they did far too much winning early on. they got to get themselves some losing. Um, Russell Westbrook, would he play? Do you think, does he play a game with Utah? Or they are just like, just go off and enjoy the mountain air? Oh, he would play more than any, if they can't flip him again. Yeah, that but, well, the but they might not want him to play. Because he might, you know, because actually shot the ball well last night. Well, he's, he's the front runner, or one of the front runners for sixth man of the year this year. Which would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. right. Like, how yeah. insane is that? Yeah. But you know what? I give him credit because he got a lot of flack at the beginning of the year. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah, hundred percent. Rightfully so. Yeah. But he has changed how he plays a little bit. He's worked on a couple things, and he's actually having a decent season. Not he an is. incredible season. No, no, nobody is absolutely. But he worked on it and he figured it out. Yeah. Well, he's figuring it out and we'll figuring. See, see how much he can continue with uh, transformation. Uh, by the way, gameplay on TSN 1050 is and was brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. All right, Nick, we do it at the end of each and every show, uh, but you kind of already knew that. Uh, time now for Sound of the Day. 
For sound of the day, well, you know what? Let's just get the call. Uh, just uh, under 11 seconds to go. This is from TNT. Here's LeBron James setting the record. Coming to the end of the third quarter, LeBron James a shot in history. And even though they did force him the ball a little bit, like he shot a really high percentage. Like, yeah. They might have forced him the ball, but he didn't really force many shots last night. It still was within the flow of the offense. No, and like, yes, he did. How many shots did he have, Matt? I'm just looking it up quickly, but um, he shot. He shot the ball 20 times. 13 of 20. He went to the free throw line 10 times, 38 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. The Lakers, by the way, did lose 133-130 to OKC, hurting their chances to get into the playoffs. And now all eyes will turn on, not LeBron, but on those two draft picks. But Matt, I I love it. Everyone's like, oh, they were feeding him the ball. They were forcing... He shot the ball 20 times. Yeah. In his last... Oh, I'm going to go through this. One, two, three, four. Oh, I clicked on one. (laughs) (laughs) Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Hold on, I'll I'll in his last fourteen games, yeah, including last night, he's hit the twenty shot mark in thirteen of them. Yeah, it was his second lowest shot total in his last fourteen games. To be fair, you got to look at those free throw attempts. So how many of those you know would have ended up being field goal attempts? By the anyway, the point is yes. I don't think they forced him. It's not like Kobe's last game no. when he took like like fifty shots or something. He, he also scored sixty points. He so. did. He did. <laughs> uh, but again, he he took a lot of shots to get yes. there. Anyway, uh, by the way, uh, we we only have like a minute left in the show. Uh, if anyone missed it, the Toronto Blue Jays and Bo Bichette are in agreement on a three-year contract extension. We don't know what the money is. It buys out the rest of his arbitration years. Um, career 297 hitter. Good year last year. So the most important thing is avoid arbitration. That's the number one thing. Always avoid arbitration. That's what the Jays, that's what the Jays are famous for. They had 13 players arb eligible this yeah. year. And not a single one made it to arbitration. You never, ever want to get ar- on arbitration. because Especially when it's... If there's a little bit of a gap, arbitration is not terrible. Yeah. It's when there's a big gap. There was a $2.5 million gap between Bo and the Jays. That's a decent sized gap. Yeah. Yeah. So glad that that is out of the way because the last thing you want is bad feelings. That'll do it for us. It is the San Antonio Spurs and the Raptors tonight right here on TSN 1050. How many members of the Raptors will still be there after this game? We will find out. Yeah, for sure. And quickly, Matt, before we go. Yeah. I know this is a bit of a soccer story, but it's more of a human story. The uh, earthquake in Turkey. Yes. One of the top players on a team with multiple Canadian players on it, by the way. Sam Atacugbi is one of them. Yep. Their top player is still unaccounted for. The team yesterday said he was pulled from the rubble. The agent came out today saying, not the case. Oof. So thoughts and prayers are sent, being sent over to Turkey for all those affected in that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just, it, I mean, such devastation, and it reaches on such a wide range of people. Uh, that'll do it for us. Overdrive is coming up next. Time now for traffic. Time now for TSN 1050 Time Saver Traffic. 
We'll expect to see delays 401 eastbound 427th at the DUP and again through Ajax westbound 401 slow from the DUP out to Weston Road. The Donnelly Parkway northbound heavy from Bloor to the 401. Gardner westbound slow leaving downtown. We still have this stalled transport truck on the 427 southbound express ramp to the Gardner. That's causing a backup. QE westbound busy Ford to Brant. Looks like something 410 northbound at the 407. A crash or stall. And we do have a crash on Jane just north of St. Clair. Celebrate Valentine's Day with Baskin Robbins' new crazy for you cake. Order your custom heart shaped cake today at order.baskinrobbins.ca and make your Valentine's Day extra special from the News Talk 1010 Traffic Center. Chris McKee. Overdrive with Hayes, Noodles, and the O-Dog. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 7 on TSN 1050.